I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are on a Tuesday, a day earlier, and what a show we have lined up for you today. We've got new and exclusive music from Graham Sweeney, who's just dropped his new single out. We chat to him ahead of his new album that is coming out. Delighted to bring that conversation to you. The lady that you've all been asking for is back and she is bringing the laws big time. And we also chat to the man behind the Spice Diploma. Nick DeMaio and Token is here to chat about all things spice. You can follow us on Instagram at HelloStevo, on Twitter at HelloStevo, on Facebook, Stephen Mullen Comedy. And you can also send in your thoughts, your messages, your emails into HelloStevoPodcast at gmail.com. We've packed it in today, ladies and gentlemen. So much to do and so little time. Let's do this. Hey, Steve-O. You can change your filthy animal. Yes, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show for this Tuesday, the 19th of May, 2020. Yes, Tuesday. What the hell is going on? It usually comes out on a Wednesday. I know. I'm playing with your minds here and releasing a day early. It's like, you know when you do something on the same day for ages and ages and then somebody just switches it and messes you I'm like a bank holiday Monday. You know the way a bank holiday just ruins your week that day, later on in your week? Like, I thought it was Thursday, but it's Friday. and Or a good Friday. Jesus, good Fridays feck with your head. I don't know if you have a good Friday in the rest of the world, but in Ireland they kind of shut down for good Friday. It's actually stopped in the last couple of years where they allowed the off-licenses to be open on Good Friday. Yep, that was a thing. Off-licenses were closed in this country for one day. And the country goes mad. Stocking up on beer like there's going to be a pandemic. Ha! Yeah, the off-licenses and the pubs were closed for one day and the country would go absolutely mental. But it is Tuesday. It's a weird one. It's, it's my mother's birthday today, but... I know a lot of you are thinking, why is he releasing on a Tuesday? What's going on here? Why? i tell you why. Because we are having two shows for you this week. And probably for the foreseeable future, we'll be having an extra bit of love. An extra bit of entertainment for you on Fridays now as well. Why are you doing that? Because we are doing something for our Patreon people. Now, lots of you are wondering, what the hell is Patreon? Patreon is this really cool thing that you can do to support independent artists like myself. 
And so I decided to, like, I feel like a proper independent artist now because all the cool podcasts do that. They have a Patreon. And basically the way that I've set up my Patreon account is that for the way I see it is like you're just buying, like, you have the option there to, to, to buy me a cup of coffee a month. So for, like, the price of a cup of coffee a month, what you'll be getting is extra love, extra shows, extra content, extra podcasts, videos, and all sorts of stuff. That will be live for you on the Patreon account. And I'm super excited about this because when you open a Patreon, when you have patrons, the people that sign up to it, the exciting thing about it is that you have this other world where you're in constant communication with your patrons. You get a chance to kind of chat to me and go, here's what I'd like from the show. Here's, here's uh, here, would you, would you try doing this? Would you try doing that? I'm going to be doing cool stuff like interviewing you guys. That's right. For people that are on Patre- Patreon... I'm going to be doing stuff like Zoom calls with you guys and and having chats with you and kind of... I've always been of the firm belief, if you're a long-time listener to Hello Steve-O podcast, you will have heard that I've done interviews and chats with people from all walks of life. It's not about being famous or well-known or any of that kind of crap. It's about the fact that, to me, everybody's interesting. So all of you that are listening to the show have an amazing story to tell and... So that's one of the things I'll be doing as uh, part of uh, the extras for Patreon or for for the patrons. But also stuff like Zoom calls where we can all kind of hang out together. There's genuine, there's people from all over the world are on this, uh, are listening to this show. So wouldn't it be cool just to set up a party one evening where we all met up together and had a few drinks? So that, the link is in the description to this podcast. You can become a patron with... A simple couple of clips, it's not that hard. It's very simple, and I've set a goal for us to get through. I'm trying to get to 100 patrons for the show. 100. Can we do it? I think we can, and I want a big, big shout-out to my first patron this week, Adrian Veal, who's the first one to become a patron. I've got one! One coffee a month so far, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're interested in the extra content, if you're interested in all the other fun stuff that are coming out, all the extra shows that will be coming out on Fridays... Click on the Patreon link and do... I keep forgetting to say this because we're having great fun. But but give give us reviews on iTunes and five stars and share it on social media and all that kind of stuff because it does me the world of good. It just means by you sharing it and becoming a, a, a patron, it just means that I can continue to do what I love doing, which is giving you guys a, a little tickle during the week, you know? Now, I do have to start off today's show with a huge thank you, a massive thank you to one of the listeners of the show who's been very good to me this week, Una Helberg... Hel- uh, said it wrong, it's not Helberg. <laughs> Una Helbig is in Hamburg. That's why I got mixed up there. Two H's and G's at the end. G's at the end, that's what makes me up there. But Una has been super cool to me in this past week. You will have noticed, ladies and gentlemen, that we have a new um, artwork for the show for Hello Steve-O podcast with that lovely photo that was taken by Breeze O'Donovan but then the lovely cool design that goes around my head was done by the wonderful Una thank you so much she's also done the design that is on the Patreon page on the head of the Patreon page and that's that's Una's giving to me um, becoming a patron herself in, 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 a, in a way by doing those designs for me so I'm really really thankful to Una for that um, who's, all, as I said, all the way over in Hamburg. We had cool chat on Zoom and chatted about doing doing the artwork and all that stuff. So it's really cool to be connected with people around the world. 
And Una just found out because she listens. She, I got in touch with her because she listens to the show. So thank you so much to Una. Loads of messages this week. I'm going to fly through them because we've got so much coming up for you. Music. Of course there's going to be a food bit in the show and a little surprise from a guest that you've all been asking for. But first off in the messages, I do want to shout out to... Um, I'm going to have to change my voice tone here for this bit because the fact of the matter is that I got probably my favorite review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review from a woman called Nicola who said she used to listen to Des Bishop's podcast but now she listens to this one because this guy's voice fuck my life. <laughs> Literally the best review I've ever gotten. Um, and just something I suppose that, you know, we all want to be sexy girls, lads, don't we? Lads aren't going to admit it, but look, I'm going to admit, I want to be sexy. Of course I want to be sexy. Everybody wants to be wanted. Everybody wants to be sexy. But we're all getting older, man. And certainly when you hit my age, you start to notice things are drooping and you don't feel sexy at all. But you never knew that you had this this part to your, to your being, to your, to your body that other people found sexy, which is just a voice. <laughs> so I took a... I took a screenshot of of what Nicola's review on um, Apple Podcasts and posted it on the stories as a as a laugh as a laugh. <laughs> to which Nicola thought I wouldn't be reposting that, and I got a message going, "Oh my god, mortified! That's me." <laughs> <laughs> so, like a cheeky fucker that I am, I started having the crack, sending Nicola voice messages, going, "Good morning, Nicola." <laughs> Then she says later on the week when I was on Des Bishop's podcast with him, she was in the bath listening to it. When I mentioned her name, she she texts going, it was always too, almost too much. In the bath with that voice and my name being said. But anyway, that's the crack that we have. Nicola has been absolutely great crack during the week. And <laughs> to tie all the funniness together, Nicola has a company that makes sausages. <laughs> Sausages and pies. So Nicholas going to be sending me some sausages, um, just to say thanks for the for the voice. <laughs> so shout out to Nicola. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You're great, crack. Shout out as well to Jude Sharvin. Now Jude is not a runner at all. She says she's never run in her life. Jude is up in in Belfast, and because she listened to the show, went and bought herself a pair of trainers, and she's been running every day since. So fair play to you, Jude. She's getting out there. She's enjoying it. She's pursuing the runner's high. And I tend to forget that, you know, I suppose I do talk about it from time to time, from episode to episode about the running. And I kind of, I get in my own world with the running. And uh, and I tend to forget that sometimes people listen to the podcast a couple of weeks after it's been done or whatever. And that episode where I talked about the running high has gotten so many people out there and running. And I get so many messages about it all the time. And I just want to say, well done, every one of you that is just getting out there. Because, I mean, for me, it was hard at the start, definitely. And I've always been fairly fit. But even just doing those distances, I I just wasn't in good nick at the start. And it was hard. And you're way more wobbly than you were. You're way more wobbly at the start than, than I am now, for example. 
But it's definitely those first couple of weeks because you do keep going and you do get to a point where you are running longer distances or you're running faster and you are starting to really enjoy it and get your runners high and all that stuff. Um, and look, I just applaud everybody who's going out there and, do, and doing it. I was also chatting to Rob Powderly during the week. He, he sent a message and he, he echoed the points that I had uh, previously that he was shocked about the effects that the running is having on his mental health. And Rob, is, Rob has just kind of started doing it himself. He's never uh, gone into the running thing before, but he's, he's shocked. And I, and I, too, again, reiterate the point. I had one day during the week... This is interesting. I had one day during the week on one of the runs. A few things had gone on. Actually, I think I had a therapy session the day before. And um, it just brought up some stuff. And the next day I was on the run and I was really struggling to get out to do the run. And I did the run and I did it in a really good time. It was ahead of schedule of what I'm trying to do in my schedule. But I came back really like... Depressed is the wrong word, but I was really down. But it was because of stuff that I was working through in therapy. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a bit of a cry and let some stuff out. But it was the, the nature of the run that allowed me to do that, that allowed me to process the stuff that was happening the day before. And I was kind of shocked by that, to be honest with you. Um, so it is like I was able to flush out that stuff. You know what I mean? So the running is, is having that effect as well. So uh, thanks to Rob for shouting out, uh, for saying that it is having positive effects on his mental health. Uh, Sean O'Hara also has been in touch, uh, and he says he just wants a shout-out for nothing. <laughs> he just wants me to shout-out his name. But um, Sean is a good pal of mine, actually, and we had been chatting. I've been watching a lot of these running movies, and uh, there's all sorts of cool running movies out there. I'm not talking about fictional stuff. They're kind of like documentary stuff. Um, I've talked about them a bit before on the podcast. But I came across this thing, these things called running crews, which are, are big in loads of cities around the world. Like they're big in New York and Berlin and Copenhagen and in uh, London. And uh, I came across a talk uh, uh, from this guy who is in the London running crew and it's called Run Dem Crew. It, that's a real like South London kind of slang. It's like Run Dem Crew man kind of a thing, you know? And it got me thinking and I was talking to Sean about it, about starting a crew in Dublin, you know? The thing about a crew is it's not about being competitive. It's not about it's not about being part of an athletics club. It's not about running races or medals and all that kind of stuff. That stuff does happen as well. But ultimately, what the, what the, what a running crew is about is just getting people together to go for a run together. That's it. And there's people of all different levels uh, do it. Um, for for example, if if you know when the crews start out, some people come from not running at all. So you have to accommodate the people who haven't run at all. And you 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 know, you know you all still you still run together. I think it's fantastic. Like I think the way some of them start is that they just meet up to do 5k together. Just so you can do it in a group knowing that you're not on your not on your own and you all just stick together. It's not about racing off or any or any of that kind of stuff. But the social side of these crews seems to be amazing. So Sean and I have been chatting about it and kind of putting the feelers out to see if other people are interested in in starting a crew. If you are in the Dublin area and you are interested in becoming part of a crew, obviously nothing's happening with the lockdown at the moment. But as the restrictions start to ease, I think socially, mental health wise and obviously health and fitness wise, it would be a great thing to start. If you're interested, get in touch. Send me uh, an email at hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. 
Shane O'Brien on keeping with the running uh, subject. Shane O'Brien was asking me about my trainers. They're the Adidas Solar Glide for anybody who's seen them in the pictures or because they uh, genuinely they have been absolutely amazing. I've loved them. They've been so comfortable. Um, they're really responsive. I had to do some sprints at a certain stage last week and I couldn't get over the bounce back that you get. Super comfortable. Um, I can't speak highly enough of them. Uh, but they're the Adidas Solar Glide. Now, I overpronate, so that means that my ankles uh, roll overly roll a little bit uh, on the inside. Um, you can YouTube that. Um, but And some of you will know you've already had your gait checked, as they call it. Woo! Um, but uh, I overpronate, so there's those solar glides have a little bit of st- uh, stabilization in them, that the heel is angled a certain way so that your ankle rolls a little less. But... I those uh, the, the I think they make other ones of Solar Glide without the stabilization. I don't know, but anyway, Adidas Solar Glide can't recommend enough. Haven't had an issue with them whatsoever. So comfortable and a great shoes. And no, I'm not getting sponsored to say that. I, I'm not sponsored by Adidas. I wish. Shout out to Shauna Balf as well, who listens to the show while cycling in the back garden. I was very impressed by that. She was texting me in the middle of her cycling. I think she's got a Peloton or one of those things. Anyway, a spin bike. Out in the back garden, listen to the podcast. And texting at the same time. Texting the show at the same time. So, shout out to Shauna. Keep going on your um, on your cycling and fair play to you. Well done. And then Geraldine also sent a lovely message to say, Well, Steve-O, I was slightly taken aback by your very nice message. Oh, yes. This is in response to, like, because I'm doing other podcasts and I'm doing all sorts of different bits and pieces here and there, and also you guys have been sharing the show with other people. I get I get lots of new followers on Instagram and all that stuff. But I'm genuinely thankful for everybody who comes to listen to the show and everybody who follows me on Instagram because, I, you know, I make this stuff for you guys. So... Um, if you're new to the show, you're very welcome to the show. Again, I've got to say that at the top. But if you're new to the show, you're very welcome. But I've just started, when I get new people following me, I'd like to send them a message and say thanks for the follow. And um, here's uh, the podcast or here's blah, 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 blah. But generally, it's just to say thanks for the follow, to be honest with you, because I think it's a nice thing to do. It's nice to be nice. So Geraldine writes back saying, well, Steve, I was slightly taken aback by a very nice message. Isn't that a terrible world that we live in, that you'd be taken aback by a nice message? She said, it's a welcomed change from the usual Insta follow. Keep it up if you can. I will, Geraldine. Us mortals love a bit of chat. <laughs> mortals. I'll talk about it later on, but it's funny how some people think that when you're in a podcast, that you have a podcast, that you're something else that you're not. But anyway. Uh, she said podcasts are my new thing at the moment they keep my sanity restored and a good bit of humor thrown in is super i hope you're keeping safe keeping the bright side out sure what else we can we do have a good one geraldine well you guys keep uh, the bright side out as well and yeah sure what else can we do we might as well alleviate the the um alleviate the the situation that we're in in the world by having a bit of fun and that's all the podcast is here for to make you smile i've forgotten to put this down the notes again but the new york nurse who sent a lovely message saying thanks so much for the podcast um she was on her way to work and she listens to the show on the subway on the way to the hospital in the mornings and um i just a shout out to you you know who you are and i hope you're keeping well and i hope you're keeping safe and uh, she said that she's basically very grateful for comedians making podcasts like this because she listens to it and has a laugh on the way into work, giggling away to herself, and because then she doesn't have to think about 
going into the hospital and how difficult that can be. So that's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. Now, we've a lot to get through, but you guys have been have been hounding me. You've been sending in messages going, where is she? Where is she? Where is Jenna? So you ask, I deliver. Got in touch with Jenna during the week. If, you, if you're wondering who Jenna is, by the way, if you're new to the show or you've never heard of Jenna before, Jenna was a regular contributor on the show before all this carry-on happened. But as you can, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what Jenna's like or any of that kind of stuff because when you listen to this, it's going to speak, speak for itself. So here you go, ladies and gentlemen. I finally got to call Jenna during the week and here is what she had to say. Hi, Jen, it's Stephen. <laughs> oh, my God, Stephen Mullen, what the hell's going on? I wasn't expecting this. I know. Wait I... a minute, wait a minute. Let me throw something on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting around naked like you do during a pandemic. You know how it is, girl. I'm in my pajamas because, like, it's been, like, yesterday, for example, was a full day of Zoom calls, and I genuinely forgot one meeting, and I was still in bed when I got the email inviting me to the meeting. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I just I just put a T-shirt and a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but that's how I know if I call Jenna. Like that's what we, we we do this old school. We call on the old cellular. So I'm still in my pajamas. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. I um. Most days I shower. Most days, <laughs> on a good day, I shower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But it's been nothing but um a food festival. Yes. It's like. I can't go out to any, like, the Taste of Dublin or any of that junk, so I just brought it to my home. You brought Dublin and to you, yes. Yeah, it's just, I mean, we're lucky here in that, you know, we've we've still been able to get all of our, our fancy foods, our little treats, all this and that, so... As far as I'm concerned, this whole thing has been an excuse to have a World Street Food Festival in my apartment for a solid two months. Um, So is that what you're doing? You're just cooking and eating nonstop? uh, Yeah, it's been a lot of cooking and a lot of eating. Last year... The two of us were talking about yes. our beach bodies beach bods, being all we were, pure and God good. almighty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm now sporting a beach ball body. <laughs> uh, it has just been gross, the amount of weight I've packed on. But <laughs> what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Yeah, because well, like when the apocalypse happens, you know, you gotta. there might be no food, so you've got it all stored up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they're saying economically this is as bad, if not worse, than the Great Depression. And depression mentality uh, dictates store the fat, store yes. the fat. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. You're good. That's it. How are you and your partner getting on? Yeah, really well, actually. It's nice to know that someone who I kind of, um, shall we say, take pokes at, uh, <laughs> jibes at, uh when it comes down to it, yeah, he's who I want to be hanging out with. Oh, I mean, that's nice. It is nice. Like, that's that's really we have, cute. We 
we have chats. There's silence at appropriate times. We look at the TV and make the jokes. Yeah, that's that's what you want to be doing under these circumstances. <laughs> Absolutely. So what about what about you and your partner? Um, yeah, I think there's been ups and downs and kind of like the ups were like before lockdown happened and, <laughs> um, oh, other no. <laughs> and then the downs were lockdown. <laughs> um, I suppose it's just like you realize that you know, we you know we're both busy and out of the house doing our own things that now it's just like like I've been on the road a lot this year and stuff so I'm away at the weekends I have odd hours when I'm but like I'm I'm here all the time now and even yeah. even my daughter is like daddy you go to the kitchen and I'm like okay and then closes the door and that's it <laughs> and then you come out and she goes then I come out and she goes no no stay in the kitchen <laughs> No. She's two. Um, so. <laughs> and let me remind you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a bit of that. But, I mean, we, we, we've gotten into our rhythm somewhat um, after a while. And, yeah, the eating thing is fecking tough um, as well. But, hey, yeah. I've, I've really gotten into running. So, um, but, yeah. <gasps> really? Yeah, that's been the I'm last. Amazed. One, okay. two. I'm looking at my calendar here. One, two, three. I think like six weeks of my life, uh, I've just gotten into it. Because what happened was the first month of lockdown, I got mad into baking, crazy into baking. And <laughs> that was not good for the old dad bod, you know? No. Japanese milk bread buns, Jenna. That's what I got hooked on making. Oh, yum. That sounds delicious. And why didn't you courier me some? Damn it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I should have. And oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Jenna, was like somehow I don't quite know, but um, the old listenership in the US has like gone up massively in the last few weeks. So um, yeah, uh, and wow. so and so we've even a guy got a guy called Dave in Oregon who was very cool. I was chatting about him on the podcast last week because he was messaging me on Instagram and I had put up this photo of all these fancy cool craft beers that I was drinking one evening. Now I don't know what they are. I just go down to the cool off license and go here uh, give me some beers and they give me ones with the cool cartoons on it and I'm happy oh, I right? think I lost you there oh sorry um, Sorry, where'd you go? There you are. Um, craft beer. Craft yeah. beer. I don't know a lot about them. I ordered, uh, I, I got onto the, the, the local off-license. They give me all the cool cans with the cartoons on them. And I go, oh yeah, <laughs> that's nice. And I take a picture of it. And Dave in Oregon sends a picture, or comments on the picture and goes, oh yeah, I like the Ska Brewery and Modus Hopperanda. Yeah, they're, they're really cool stuff. And I said as a joke, oh yeah, they go very good with a Tangle Twister because I was outside having an ice lollipop outside my tangle twister <laughs> to which to which Dave from Oregon replied oh I haven't heard of that brewery where are they based <laughs> everything well yeah I mean because growing I wonder if I know Dave uh, that's what I asked him I said did you come to the show because of Jenna and he said uh, no he was just listening to another podcast and, the, and he started listening to this one so I was like oh we gotta bring and then other people going when's Jenna coming back I was <laughs> like cheers thanks guys <laughs> yeah oh thanks guys yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, that is really sweet and I'm glad to hear that um, yeah they missed you, Jenna. But what I wanted to yeah. ask you, sorry, was with the, with the upsurge in, in American listening, you're an American living in Ireland for many yeah. a year. Lots of these people have never been to Ireland. How would you, what is it, what, how would you explain Ireland to those people who've never been before? Well, I guess, certainly in regards to Oregonians, those living in the state of Oregon. What I a mean, name, Oregonians, yes. Yeah, man, I'm a proud Oregonian. Um... 
they would definitely find it very similar to Oregon in that ah. it's very green. It's very, you know, there's a lot of gray and rain. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, virus. No. Um, <laughs> Sarcastic sense they, of humor. Yeah, exactly. But the, the, there is a lot of that. Um, so there are similarities in that way. But how would I describe Ireland to the general American? Well, I think people would be very surprised as an American, when you come over to Europe, and if you've never been to this part of the world before, you're struck by how small everything is. Yes. Because America is so vast, the cities are all laid out on grids, it's just so much bigger in the States. And then you come here in these kind of fabled places, you know, Dublin, Paris, Rome, all of it. Um, If you get there and you're like, oh, this is all kind of small. Yeah, yeah. it's not as if the cities are big, maybe, in terms of sprawl, but that's never what you're going to see. When you're just in the actual cities, it's like, oh, this is all quite walkable. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't the same in the States at all. Yeah, you don't get um, streets like all the streets around where Dublin Castle is, for example. You don't get streets like that in American city, you know, like small medieval, like cobblestone streets and stuff like that. It's all small, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, unless you're in a few very specific places, like areas of Boston, maybe, or, you know, very specific areas of of New York. But, yeah, overall, um, I'd say it's a lot smaller over here. (laughs) (laughs) It's um, it's also, one time a few years ago, my partner and I drove down to Cary uh, for a weekend, and I couldn't get over how fucking long it took us yeah. driving to get there. And I'm just like, man, this country needs to infrastructure its shit up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The drive, well, the drive to, certainly Donegal and Kerry, because now you can get from Dublin to Cork. Like, Americans listening to this will think it's hilarious, the length of drive. You know, because if you look at US on the map, and then you look at the tiny island of Ireland. How does it take five hours sometimes yes. to get to certain parts of Kerry? But it's exactly. because of the. It's because now to be to be fair, I think I had to do a drive to Kerry recently. And it was four hours because to Limerick now, which is kind of halfway there, is now like two hours because the mo- there's, there's some good motorways in between the cities. But then yeah. after that, then back roads. Good luck. It's yeah. just windy, bumpy roads. Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's picturesque, and then, you know, as it's starting to get dark, you're like, I'm done with picturesque, let's get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, and that's so, why you need a pint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why you pull in, you have a little pint to make the rest of the drive all the easier. No, no, no one's condoning <laughs> drinking and driving. No one is saying that. Listen. Um, yeah. We're going to get you back on the show, Jenna, obviously, as a regular, because we're going to have to do Zoom or something to survive ourselves. So survive ourselves? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's part of this challenge, isn't it? Surviving ourselves. Surviving. (laughs) That's that's true. That is very true. Yeah. But listen, um, it was great to great to catch up with you again, man. Yeah, you too. And I, I'm really looking forward because I don't, I don't have a future now. I'm not looking forward to anything except talking to you again. And talking to the listeners, they're they're sending in loads of emails and messages and all that kind of stuff. So maybe we'll do the Q and A with, we'll do an advice section. You can be the agony aunt or something like that. That would be brilliant. It's a, it's a role I was 
boring to play. Oh, Let's the other it. the other thing that you'll have to you'll have to listen to one of the last episodes, Jen, because the food game has gone crazy on the podcast. I'm getting sent loads of free food. Would you believe that? <laughs> I'm not even joking. You. Last week I got free empanadas. This week I'm getting free sausages and pies. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Stuff. Fans, man. Wow. I didn't know you could put a sausage in the mail, but, you know, the pandemic, it's taught us loads of things, so that's great. Well, Jenna, we'll, I'll call you soon. Take care. Okay. Take Love care you. Bye. Bye. There you go. The wonderful Jenna. It was so good to talk to her again. It's uh, She genuinely, the morning that I talked to her, genuinely just made my morning, so... Jenna's hopefully going to be back on a on a more regular basis, and if we can see if we can work it out between her work schedule and because now we got to do it on the phone, which is not the same as being together in the same room in real life. It's always great crack the other way, but it was good to hear from Jenna, and she shall be back soon. Now it is time for some music, ladies and gentlemen, and what a special treat we have for you guys today. Singer-songwriter and Ackle native Graeme Sweeney has just released his third single on his debut album. Graeme has been the talk of the town over here in Ireland, receiving national press coverage thanks to his previous single, The Quiet Man, which received airplay on national radio and was also featured in Hot Press magazine's list of hot for 2020. I was delighted to catch up with Graeme this past week and chat about his latest single that is out now on Spotify... And chat to him about what life is like on lockdown on Ackle Island. And we're definitely, absolutely, he's such a great guy. I'm definitely going to have Graham back on the show for a longer chat. But for now, I'm delighted to bring you our conversation. But first, the new single from Graham Sweeney for you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is I Am. Hey 
Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I, I want to start off by saying uh, congratulations on the release of your single, I Am. How are you feeling about it? Very good, thanks. Yeah, really, really happy to share this with you. Um, it's been a long time in the in the making and um, there's such a different feeling when, when it finally goes out there past my years. Yes. Uh, so it's really, it's really wonderful to share this music finally. It's officially out of your head and it's out there into the world. It's exciting. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell us exactly. it's a it's a beautiful beautiful song and um it was a uh, it's it comes from a very a very special place uh, you you were telling me earlier on. Can you tell us about the inspiration for the song? Yeah, so that song was um it was born uh, while I was waiting to sound check with uh, Declan O'Rourke down in County Cork. An amazing um, amazing artist. An amazing artist, a great fella who who kind of gave me my Gave me the my apprenticeship in music, my short apprenticeship in mu- music, I suppose. Yeah. Um. He 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 brought me on tour a fair bit a few years ago, and I was also working in a garage finishing off my apprenticeship as a panel beater. Um. So I was doing two apprenticeships at the time, really, and I was employed by a wonderful man called Martin Malloy, who um employed me just because he wanted to see me finish my apprenticeship and not be another fella who nearly got there. Yeah. Um, in my last year. So he really was a, a truly wonderful fella um, who had such an incredible brain for mechanical things and taught, taught me so much in, the, in only a few months. Um, and yeah, he, he, he lost his fight with, with sickness um, that year. So he had been, he had been ill. And um, when I was in Cork for that gig, I got the phone call to say he had passed. So I was sitting by a river in Canturk waiting for Declan to arrive and that song just came out it came out as a poem. Yeah. And just just in one kind of there it was, just one breeze like kind yeah. of I, it was coming through me. Yeah. Uh so I I kind of gave it to the family then as a poem and I put some music to it a few days later and sang it at my uh, gig and it really just it went down so well because it was it came from a place that was very true um so i've just been singing it for originally it was for martin and it's turned into this song that i sing for 
all of my friends who have departed uh, in the last few years over the lifetime. It's, it really is a nice way to keep them on the road, I think, with me because they've all taught me such important life lessons and I wouldn't be where I am today without all these wonderful people. Um, so that's really, it's a tribute. Yeah, it's you really get that vibe off listening to the song. There's a positivity uh, in the vibe of it, certainly, and there's a, an energy in the vibe of that's that nearly feels like a um, a celebration. And um, it's a beautiful way that you've turned that around. That something that can be seen as so painful and so sad that you've you've turned it into something of of more of a positive. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I guess there's there's a rawness in loss, um, and it's always going to be raw, but. There's, you can choose to, you know, deal with it in certain ways. You can look at it in many different ways, losing somebody. And, of course, a closer family member or, some, you know, everybody has a different place in your life uh, compared to what they'd have in another person's life. But um, for me, I really try to embrace the times that I had with people instead of dwelling on the times that I should have had or could have had. Yeah. And um, because I, I have caught myself in that spiral many a time, they should have done this, could have done that. But at the end of the day, life is life and we have to embrace the time we get with people and uh, look at the positives when they're gone, I think. Yeah, it's a very it's, a, it's an amazing positive mindset to have. And um, you must have had to keep that positive mindset down the years in the building and the writing of your album, um, which will be coming out at a later date, because you were saying to me that the album has has actually been quite a journey in itself for you. A huge journey, yeah, really. Um, starting off with uh, recording, I went from really playing solo for years to starting playing with some of my friends here in Ireland, and that led to, um, yeah, lovely recording sessions in California when I was on a trip over there, and back to Ireland and between Ireland, California, Germany, Scotland. We've, this album has been really just flowing around the world now. Wow. <laughs> uh, and the producer I started working with in um, San Francisco, who's a relation of my own from Vacal Connections, um, he since moved back to Glasgow. So right. what we started in California, we're now bouncing between Ackle and Glasgow. Wow. So really the evolution of the record has been something special. Um, and it actually all spelled from my grandmother, uh, another lady who passed away last year, but and who also gets added to the, who I'm singing I am for. Yeah. But really, she was the one who kickstarted it all by telling me to go and visit my cousin in San Francisco. Wow. I never, I had no idea at the time that he was producing music. Right. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's really it's been a it's been a wonderful journey with this record, and it's been quite a while. And the idea of finally releasing it is very exciting because. I've always enjoyed it, but it's so much, it's so different when you share it. Yes, of course. Now, yeah. th- we, you are in a very special place physically at the moment. We've got plenty of listeners over in the States. Um, you're, you're, you're basically on lockdown and kind of, it, it could be considered one of the most beautiful places in the world. You're in, on Ackle Island. Can you tell, for people who haven't a clue, like there's some people in the States think that Ireland as an island is small, but can you tell people a little bit what Ackle is like, where you're from? Yeah, well, Ireland is the largest island off the coast of Ackle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ackle is a lovely little island off the coast of Mayo in the west, and we, I've been here... Um, solid now for for over a year which is a new thing for me also i've been quite transient for the last 10 years say so i've been here and i've been i've watched the seasons change now since last spring into the summer into the autumn and through the harsh winter uh the winter is 
very tough here and it's I'm um, sure I'm sure it's intense it's intense but then when we come back into spring you understand why it's all worth it yeah so it's a really beautiful place where again I am is really it's all based around Ackle here and I suppose that what I grew up with was I'm looking out the window here at the, the sea and uh, the trees and the nature and the elements is, is such a massive uh, inspiration to me that I suppose that really is what comes through in that song even mm. so uh, the place I'm in at the moment is the inspiration for all the music really yeah. so uh, lockdown is a bit crazy in itself and it's a bit mad dealing with the distancing um, although we're generally isolated here it's still a different feeling Yes. Um, but I don't think I'd rather be I'd, I, this is the place I'd, ra- I'd like to be at the moment because yes. I'm being creative and uh, enjoying making music again which is brilliant Listen, Graham, we're, I'm, I'm super excited to listen to, to the album when it does come out. Uh, a massive congratulations to you on the, on the single coming out as well. If people want to listen to you, where do they go to? They can find the music on, depending on which country you're listening to, the, the services are different. It's across all the streaming platforms. Okay. Spotify, YouTube, anywhere. You'll find me, Graham Sweeney, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and, and all the rest. And I'll I'm be, easily found. Yes, and I'll be putting... Yeah, actually, yeah, you literally just have to Google it and all, all of it comes up. Um, but uh, I'll be putting all links to uh, the Spotify links and all that uh, to the description to the show and all that kind of stuff. Listen, my man, genuinely, thank you so much uh, for coming on and I wish you all the best and I can't wait to hear the new album when it comes out. And thank you for spreading the word. What a cool guy. I, I had a great chat with him. I chatted to him a couple of times on the phone and I've been listening to a lot of his music and... Uh, what a, what a chilled out dude like and he's yeah he's pretty cool he's got amazing stories that, that, to tell that's why I was saying I wanted to get him back on the show again because um, just the story of how the album was written is so amazing the way that he was saying that he was travelling around the world but the ability to take something that's quite painful and to turn it into something beautiful like that I think is is amazing and for me personally inspiring I've always kind of wanted to do that in, because I mean I'm not, I'm not going to be bringing this up now in comparison to Graham well I'm certainly not going to be showing any of it but I started my first artistic output was writing songs and um, but the attitudes my, my artistic attitude was something that was not dissimilar to, to the way Graham does it was trying to take the, the difficult things and make something beautiful out of it but he certainly has succeeded in a magnificent way um, and uh, I'm really excited to go and chat to him again really excited to hear his album when it comes out as well um, well jealous of him being in lockdown on Ackle Island. I would love to be out there. I've never been. So that's something that will be happening once this lockdown is finished. Myself, the missus, and the daughter, we're going to rent a car. We'll go out and see Graham, sure, why not? We'll go out and see Graham. But anyway, right. I forgot to do this. I didn't forget to do it. I'm just doing it later on the show. But anyway, it's time for some news. Some news that's not depressing. <gasps> Oh, man, do we have some corker. I mean, this is my favorite headline easily from the top. So can I say from the start, nobody died. Everybody's okay with this story, okay? So just so you know, before I read out this headline, that the person, the individual involved is alive and well and survived fine. Okay, here's the headline. A Clearwater, Florida teenager is lying in critical condition after he was stung more than 600 times by bees. That is the headline. He's okay. Okay? He's okay. I wouldn't be saying this otherwise. 
Lawrence Thomas, 14, who was allergic to bees, was rushed to hospital after suffering a severe anaphylactic shock. The 14-year-old boy apparently inserted his penis inside a beehive located under the family house balcony when he was attacked by a swarm of bees. No bloody wonder. Of course he was attacked by a swarm of bees. I think if anybody inserted their penis anywhere near anybody else. Imagine you were in your house and somebody stuck their willy in the window. You'd, of course you'd attack them. You'd get the scissors out, wouldn't you? This is a quote from the report here. It says that one of his friends told him that having sex was like putting your penis inside of a warm, a jar of warm honey. Oh, my God. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Now, I remember being about 15, right? And this is disgusting. But the, the rumor going around the, the old boys school that I was in was that that if you got a toilet roll and you filled it with mayonnaise... <laughs> That that was the exact same as having sex, which is obviously as ridiculous. But um, he's believed this and said he, if he stuck his knob into his inside a, a warm jar of honey, he would have the same feeling as sex. But it said a warm jar of honey, not a beehive. Lawrence, you fucking idiot! What? One of his friends told him that having sex was like putting your penis inside a warm jar of of honey. I guess there wasn't any honey around, his father, Robert or Robert J. Thomas, told reporters. Laughingly, <laughs> laughingly, but visibly grateful his son, his son was still alive. Well, at least he could laugh at it, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, at least, wow, fair play to him laughing at his son, taking the piss out of him about it. Like, I guess there was no honey around, so he stuck his knob into a bee's nest. He said, I mean, I understood the urge the urge but if you have to do it do it in a kleenex for god's sake and leave the bees alone argued his father why is he saying this to reporters his father argued visibly flabbergasted by the incident i mean why is he why is he debating this to reporters the poor young fella like that's his full name and everything jesus and the next bit of the report says, gynecologist Anne Gibson reminds us that sexual experimentation... Why is a gynecologist involved in this all of a sudden? This is from worldnewsdailyreport.com, by the way. A young fella stuck his knob into a, a bee's nest and they've got a gynecologist on the case. <laughs> of course, yet again, this is... I'm sorry to you guys in the, in the States, but it's always the US this shit happens in. Gynecologist Anne Gibson reminds us that sexual experimentation is fairly common and healthy for young teenage boys and girls. Yet, depending on what the experimentation is, Anne, she said, I once had an 11-year-old patient with a large eggplant. Oh, Jesus Christ. I once had an 11-year-old patient with a large eggplant stuck inside her vagina. That's not right. That's 11-year-old. I had to reassure her that this that that her behavior was perfectly normal. The gynecologist recounted, "Is it? Is it normal?" <laughs> oh, sweet lord. Okay, this is the other one that I love, but I'm gonna yeah, we have to move on for from that. <laughs> but this is the other one that I love here, right? Because we only got time for one more today. But this headline is. Bull scratching himself on utility pole knocks out power to 700 homes. <laughs> this is on BBC News. 
A bull attempted a bull attempting to alleviate an itchy bum using a utility pole ended up knocking out the electricity for more than 700 homes in a Scottish town. Hazel Lawton posted an apology to a local Facebook group. Imagine writing that apology. <laughs> After her four-year-old bull, Ron, what a name for a bull, Ron with the itchy arse, rubbed up against the utility pole and ended up knocking the transformer box to the ground. <sighs> Fucking hell. Our bull, Ron, would like to apologize to everyone. That You should be writing that. People are not going to laugh at that. Our bull, Ron, would like to... It's in Scotland, so... Our bull, Ron, would like to apologize to everyone in Chapleton and Strathaven for causing last night's power cut to 700 homes. Lawton wrote, he had an itchy bum. <laughs> so he scratched it on the electricity pole and knocked the transformer box off. <laughs> she said, Ron is happy to be alive after managing to avoid an 100, no, an 11,000 volt shock from the f- fallen transformer box. Yeah, imagine having an itchy arse and then getting an, electri- an electric shock off that. You're rather the itchy arse, Ron. Lawton, who runs East Shorten Hill Farm with her husband, said the local utility company restored, powers, p- restored power a few hours later. The agricultural consultant said, we got, up, we got up around six o'clock and we saw a big generator sitting at the bottom of our road, all linked up to the poles. We thought, that's a bit strange. No shit. <laughs> we went up to feed our cows and it was my husband that noticed the transformer box had been knocked off the pole as the couple surveyed the damage they were joined as the couple surveyed the damage they were joined by ron (laughs) what so ron just strolled up to tell them what happened ron the bull miss lawton added we were standing looking at it and the bull just sheepishly walked up to the fence he looked a bit stunned i don't think he really knew what had happened during the night are you joking me do you really know that the bull knocked it off? Did you actually see it happening? Or are you telling us that Ron was embarrassed so that you knew he was scratching his arse? Would you go away out of that? Engineers from SP Energy Networks informed the couple that Ron had cut the power off to 800 homes in Chapleton. So now it's changed from 700 to 800. This story is starting to look a bit suspicious. He's going to lose his scratch pole as we need to fence it off now so he can't get to it, the engineer said. Meanwhile, Ron has, Ron has spent the day relaxing in the field, oblivious to his brush with death and newfound celebrity. That's a bit a few holes in that story, isn't there? Well, apparently Ron was sheepish. How do they know Ron actually did it? But now they said Ron was sheepish earlier on in the in, in the in the piece, and now they're saying that Ron was sheepish, which is the wrong expression to say for a bull, but come on, BBC, get your woohoo shit together. I'll fair play to you, Ron. If, if it's itchy, you gotta scratch it. You know, when it, you know what I mean? Anyway, that was the not-so-depressing news. Now, a lot of you will have seen on Instagram that I've been doing, I've been re-educating myself. I spoke about it in the previous episode. But I am, in fact, back to education, ladies and gentlemen. I've been doing the token SPICE diploma. Now, I am start starting to question myself, why the hell am I doing this? Because last, last week's one was pretty painful. But anyway, i got to go at six weeks. I've got, like, I can't, you can't stop this stuff halfway through, can you? Week one and week two were fine. I ordered some chicken, some jerk chicken. It was nice, a bit of spice. Then we had, you know, the Korean barbecue style. And, that, you know, that was a bit, uh, it was nice as well. And then last week, man, did they turn it up. 
But I decided to get in touch with the guys who are doing it. The main man, Nick DeMaio, who works at Token, is kind of the guy responsible for doing this stuff. And it turns out that they've been doing all this kind of stuff for quite some time. So I had to give Nick a bell on the phone and chat to him about the Spice Challenge. And why do people do this? Nick, thank you so much for coming on to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you are the brains behind the Spice Diploma, of which I am halfway through. <laughs> uh, how did you come up with the diploma? How did that come about? It actually kind of came about where I'm like, I'd be on Instagram or Facebook, and like every other sponsored ad I would see was like, oh, get a diploma doing this, or you know, become like you know, whatever, like a neuroscientist, you know, in yeah. six weeks for fifty euro. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm getting these all the time, and. And I was thinking, like, okay, when Token reopens, why don't we do our own, you know, six-week crash course diploma? Uh, because in Spice Management, because we're constantly getting people, you know, kind of like writing into us saying like, oh, you know, you need more hot chicken wings or you need to like do something with like really spicy food again. And so I guess from being off a few weeks, like it was well, like I was doing like, you know, little quizzes with friends on Zoom. It's kind of something you'd like look forward to. So I thought this six-week thing happening every wednesday it's kind of you know breaks up the week for people yes yes and it is kind of something to look forward to um at least the earlier stages i have a feeling um (laughs) people regretting getting involved in this entirely well well, i mean i'm saying so so can you explain to people how the course works it's over a six-week period yeah so um how it works uh we're going into week four and the idea is we would basically gradually introduce spicier and spicier sauces with either our uh, like vegan um, our vegan chicken, our regular chicken tenders, or chicken wings. And so they can only order on Wednesday, which essentially that's when class is in session. And yeah, so that you know you order, and then if you just collect your receipt, um, and then after the end of the six weeks, we basically ship out a actual certificate. A diploma from Token University in Spice Management. So it starts out. So how how does the 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 six week program work for the levels? We've gone through level one, two, and three, which were level one and two were beautiful. We started off with some beautiful Jamaican jerk chicken sauce. Then we went on to Korean barbecue, and then you up the level uh, there l- last week. There, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, initially, what we were trying to do is. Um, kind of work out a scale that like you know the first you know in terms of like let's say out of 10 that the the first two would kind of hover around the the three out of 10 mark and then oh my god the, the six out of 10 mark right and then which was last week then we'll go to eight out of the 10 then 10 <laughs> out of 10 then 12 out of 10 for the oh, last one. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so are these are these in-house sauces that that you're making or are you working with other um hot sauce products that are out there or how, what way does that work so we for the for the first for the five weeks we're we're making like all the sauces we make it open, including the ketchup are all made from scratch. Right. Um, so you know we've been kind of like roasting our own um, you know habaneros, uh, but I think for the final week, uh, just to make sure it really kind of you know knocks people's socks off and that they earn their diplomas, we have um, <laughs> basically it's like a it's almost like an extract. So it's like a like a little it's like a, a really condensed like chili oil, and it comes with a little dropper. Um, Oh my you always have to wear, like, you know, wear, wear a mask. We're already even wearing masks, but you definitely <laughs> need to wear a mask when you're handling the, uh, you know, the serum. So we'll, we'll put a couple of drops into like you know a hot sauce that we make, and um, it 
yeah, it should be pretty powerful. So, and it's it's hugely popular, and it's kind of. I was going to ask you why are people obsessed with being able to eat the spiciest thing possible? And I, I, I mean, I can't explain it myself because I'm doing it, and it is painful. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what what it is. I just love doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah. As humans, I think we kind of like poisoning ourselves a little bit. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I get you. Be like you know, it's like drinking. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, nicotine or you know whatever. I think kind of the same with spice. I think anything that's a little bit maybe like bad for us or you know a little bit toxic is actually yes. in some way enjoyable. Um, I also think the the popularity, you know, with the the spice diploma. I mean, there's um, those kind of like YouTube channels, and there's like a you know segment called like Hot Ones where yes, you know, it's kind of celebrities who are kind of going through, and um, I think um. You know, it's it's not really easy to get all those kind of hot sauces. I think so many people have kind of watched this, and they're like, "Oh, watched it." And they're like, "Oh, I want to try this." Yeah. So in a way, it's kind of them to you know, it's a way for people to try it, not all in one sitting. Yeah. But like gradually to work their way up. I've actually had the one that they have on the show, Hot Ones, the one that's called the Bomb. Um, yeah. Like, where is that on your scale of of one to ten? Would you think? I'd say it's probably. Um, yeah, I'd say that that's probably like nine out of ten, like ten okay. out of ten territory. Like it is up there. Um, we've, um, yeah, we we've used that before. Um, we had like a, a challenge, um, kind of in in token. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, I I had some of it. It's it's pretty serious. Yeah, it's pretty serious, all right. And I have to say, after something like that, when we're talking about why do people do it, there is this weird feeling when you've eaten something that hot. You kind of do feel a bit high once you start coming down off it or something, don't you? Yeah, there's this odd, I don't wouldn't call it euphoria, but there is like, um, I don't know if it's like a bit of an escape or, yeah, yes. you do kind of feel a bit strange. Um, I remember, um, you know, one of the, one of the chefs in Token, when we had that, um, the serum just dropped one like onto his tongue and, uh, <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't have to go home, but he was like, you know, right, it, kind yeah. like I'm, I'm, it kind of feels like I'm tripping. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. What's the hottest thing you've ever eaten? Um, I'd say, so I, I, I'm trying to think when this was, I'm, I want to say it was back in August of 2017. Um, it was in token and I had liked the idea of there being kind of, again, with a hot one type scenario. Um, we did this, it was called like walk into hell challenge yeah. where we had, I think 50 people signed up. We had them sitting in a panel and the rules were that they would have, six pieces of chicken in front of them all with you know different levels going up and so they do the first yeah they do the first three the third one was kind of serious and they have to stop and then i would kind of i'd like i would interview the panel individually i'd ask you know what's your you know what's your worst in-flight experience or just really randomly you know yeah. what was your most disappointing christmas and you'd see people crying but still answering the question so it was like <laughs> it was really really good fun um so it's getting back to the question i ate the like the final piece of chicken just to see what it was like and it was horrendous oh my god like, it was uh, yeah I, um, and you and you didn't build yourself up you just went in 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 for the heavy one in for the hottest one yeah oh um, wow Jesus. like i i, I think it would have been worse if i did build up because the heat from the other ones would have you know kind of, yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. Stayed on my mouth but it was like yeah it was harsh like Jesus. my eyes started watering um I didn't get sick, but it was like, yeah, it was it was really unpleasant. 
Yeah. Like, there's no euphoria or any, you know, <laughs> nothing pleasant about that. <laughs> is, is it scientifically proven? Or not? I, I, I don't know. But like when I've had something super, super hot, it does burn on the way in. But it does burn on the way out a little bit as well, doesn't it? Or is that just me? Is that myth? I, w- I wouldn't say a little bit. Sometimes a lot, man. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. I see. I, I uh, like. I'm, people think I'm waffling here, but it totally does on the way, way out as well. That's why I've always sometimes found. Wor- sometimes on, worse. Sometimes worse, man. Because like I'll eat something spicy, and like I'll even say to myself, like, "Oh man, I'm going to regret this tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> for I've had especially actually that time that I did the bomb it was in a friend's house and he had collected all the sauces and lined them up and I'd never seen the show before and just did yeah. them but I I'm telling you I was burning for a couple of days after that like it was it was pretty woeful but anyway yeah yeah it's kind of the even like you know the a shirt off scenario you know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> where can people follow you nick i am um, to find out more about your spicy chicken wings and all the things you have going on in token i, I guess mainly instagram it's just at token dublin um like we're active enough uh with social media we, we do a lot of, kind of competitions and like we do obviously we're doing the spice diploma and we'll probably come up with something else you know after this is done um or run it for, you know, another six weeks or, yeah, we're always kind of doing something, especially like, you know, now that a lot of people are at home, um, we can be a little bit more creative, like with what we do. Yeah. Um, kind of like, you know, veer off to, I guess, the, the token track because we are, we're a restaurant and bar with, um, I guess, our, like pinball and arcade machine. So, you know, we're basically, it's kind of like a, a night out thing, but now we can, I don't know, explore more things with the token university or, um, come up with some kind of other you know challenge um like i think maybe like a quantity challenge could be kind of good that we send out just a you know massive load of like fries and yeah whoever, whoever can eat it the fastest buckets of chicken oh yeah 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 oh that's a good idea yeah, that's so, a good idea yeah so it's just at token dublin um at token dublin and, on instagram right yeah check yeah. them out guys token dublin on instagram um i've been having a lot of fun doing the challenge so far i mean the food is super tasty been having a lot of fun so far but please god i can get through to the other side and get my diploma <laughs> listen man thank you so much for for chatting to us yeah thanks for having me take, take care. care stay safe bro there you go there you have it the spice diploma i had no idea that it was as as big as it was in in token i suppose i've I've I found out bits and pieces here and there through I I got involved and in, I got involved I didn't get involved in anything I was I was watching YouTube <laughs> I started watching hot ones on YouTube and started really enjoying that and having the crack with that but um yeah it's just it's it's become a whole thing it's fascinating and when all this lockdown happens I'm definitely going on to Token to check out some of those food games and it's a bit of crack you know it's a bit of crack. Anyway, thanks to Nick, and if you want to um, get involved with some of the challenges that Token are doing, Instagram, at Token Dublin, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, check them out and put the link in the bio for you guys. Unfortunately, I've gone overtime, as per usual, but I'm always encouraging you guys to get in touch and to send in your letters, and uh, I didn't get to get to them last week. But people are sending in emails and stories, and I'm writing back to them anyway, even though sometimes it doesn't get to the show. But... Um, if you are, if you do want to get in touch about anything, whatever it is, let it off your chest. Email in hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. There's something in particular I love about giving the email address is because if you want to say something, what the email does is it gives you a chance to just start type and let the stream of consciousness flow and you'll say whatever it is that you want to say. And this is specifically what happened with this particular letter that came in uh, that I'm delighted to read out. I'm going to keep the the 
the gender of the person and the um and the identity of the person completely anonymous because I have got permission to read it out, but I think it's nice to um to give people their privacy and let them and let them express themselves and not have to worry that other people might know who they are. So, listen to this. Check this out. It says, "Hello, Steve-o. Okay." So I'm a regular listener of your podcast and on so many occasions I've been on the bus or running and wanted to join in on a conversation or just laughed out loud. But one of your recent episodes has got me finally to go for broke and butt in. Now, can I just say at this point, sorry, this is outside the letter. Can I just say that listen to the podcast while running? I mean, are we starting a running podcast here or what? I don't know. Anyway, so back to the letter. So there I am on my run listening to the pub episode of your podcast, and I'm engaged and nodding along as always, I get to my destination, the bank. I join the line outside, and you've launched into your rendition of the Wild Rover. Ah, yes, that was a couple of episodes back. Uh, Sorry, off the letter again. Um, A couple of episodes back, if you're new to the podcast, I was doing some um, sketches where we did a trip to the pub, which is a bit nostalgic, and the first one I did was, was me singing the Wild Rover. Which, uh, yeah, go check it out. Uh, I think it's a special trip to the pub, it's called, on the episodes. Anyway, back to what this listener is saying. So they get to their destination, the bank, and they say, and and in, in their ears, I have started singing the Wild Rover. They get to the bank, and the bank staff member, whose job it is to herd the line of customers in the right direction, has had her Weetabix and coffee today, and briskly asks me what I have to do at the bank today. I look up at her, and there are tears in my eyes, and I can, and I incoherently manage the cashier. You and your damn pub singing. Another person. I don't know how many that is. This is again off the letter. Off the letter, this is Steve speaking. <laughs> I don't know how many people have been in tears because of that. It's um, it, uh, It's wonderful to me. It's obviously striking a chord with people. Anyway, back to the email. Unfortunately, that is only the start of this email. I hate to be sentimental or pedantic, but what struck me most about the pub episode was your reference to addressing how you've been feeling during lockdown and getting help. What struck me most was that at one point you you used the words vulnerability and strength in the same sentence. It's just it's taken me a long time to correlate the two and I have had a bit of a chip on my shoulder about other people's perceptions of vulnerability. Since my own brushes with panic and anxiety began, I felt a lot of shame and even now that I've accepted these sides to myself, I feel like they are seen by some as signs of weakness and neediness. And this makes me so frustrated. I've tried to prove, I've tried a lot to prove that I'm strong to compensate. Running was one of them. I'm not a runner. I really am not. But it did help in the really bad days. And then it got addictive. And I felt I had to prove myself for this weakness that I had. And don't get me wrong. I was ashamed for a reason. About five years ago, I started to get panic attacks. First at night and then, well, anywhere. Shopping centres, at home, watching TV, in my car, at work, at church, at drama rehearsals. This person inside me did not discriminate. He could pop up anywhere. I had to take time off work. And I think my absolute worst day, and the person who writes the letter, this is Steve speaking now, the person who writes the letter goes on to explain a very um, personal episode of panic attack 
uh, of a very specific panic attack and something very um a huge incident in their life that happened that was uh i'm sure life-changing and quite um difficult but for personal reasons i decided to cut that bit bit out and they were expressing all the, the journey of going through that um going through that panic attack situation and how they got out the other side of it um and so so past that bit and back to the email so to return to your vulnerability and strength equation it's only now that i'm recognizing that in order to be strong you have to be vulnerable in some way you have to expose a part of yourself that you don't like or you're afraid of and that someone else and have someone else listen to it and it's incredibly hard but so important to do i've found i'm sorry for going on and on you can go on and on as much as you want I'm sorry for going on and on. I just for some reason was moved by that last episode of your podcast. When I started getting panic attacks, one of the things that helped me most was finding out that other people got them too. And that other people have been forced to reassess their choices and careers too. And those people were, well, articulate, normal. Some were even even successful and hosted podcasts. And when they talked about their experience... I could only feel compassion and gratitude to them for talking about it. And that helped a lot. So I've obviously, I've chatted to this person that has sent in the email and I'm very grateful. And I, you know, I've responded um, to the email and we've chatted a little bit about it. But I just thought it was cool. And I've gotten permission to to share this email. But I just thought it was so cool of this person to to write that. um, And just... I don't even remember. That's the thing about making podcasts is that when you're in the creative mode and sometimes I'm talking and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm creating the podcast. I'm sitting here with a microphone to my mouth and I'm just letting it flow. Sometimes I forget what I'm talking about. Sometimes I forget what I've said, you know. And what is interesting is that, you know, I don't necessarily remember all of those things. But if I was... You know, I did go back and listen, and then I do realize that, oh, yeah, I was having a bad week that week. And I and I just was honest about it on the podcast, and that's interesting. But what I, the, the things I picked up on here was um, the identification of vulnerability and strength being a good thing. And I think I agree 150% between uh, about vulnerability and strength. And, you know, sometimes in order to deal with the things inside yourself that you're struggling with that are hard, you you just have to let them out there and be honest about them. I spoke about it earlier on on the podcast when, when the the running last week when I did run and came back and I had to have a bit of a cry about certain things that were going on, not to mention <laughs> the therapy session that I did have was was good, but it nearly didn't happen because my therapist, wait, for, wait till you hear this, forgot to meet me. Ah. <laughs> uh. So we had a much shorter session because I had to, I had other things to get on with that day. But, but it's amazing we still managed to get to that point, you know, of me struggling with seriously vulnerable stuff that I probably haven't talked about honestly ever before. So that took its toll on me in the next few days. But I, I know that those issues are de- are being dealt with now because I was honest about them with the therapist and then I was able to go and talk to my partner about them. And it's put me in a very different place this week and it's um, amazing. But I also picked up on on what you, what you said here about other people 
when other people articulate this um these vulnerabilities or these panic attacks or anxieties and and stuff like that that other people that have these issues were as you say articulate normal and some were even successful and hosted podcasts and that's the thing i don't want anybody here to think of me <laughs> anyone who listens to the show to think of me as a as successful or um that i'm super uh I, I suppose it comes across sometimes that i'm super confident and or that i might be different to anybody else or that i think a lot of people look at stand-up comedians for example and think that wow they really know what they're at or they're confident or they have their shit together or all these things some people think because you can make a room full of a thousand people laugh that that you're completely happy that you're completely satisfied that you know who you are that you don't have any difficulties and it's just not true hosting a podcast and doing stand-up comedy and performing to rooms of of a lot of people i'm just good at that and that's that's a talent but everybody has talents they're just in different things in life and it doesn't mean that i don't struggle in social situations or that i don't have panic attacks or you know there's a performer in me that i can turn on and and i can do this i can do this podcast i can make you laugh but it doesn't mean that i am necessarily more successful or successful as it was put here at all i mean i am struggling with the exact same things that you guys are struggling with money um relationships um a little wobbly belly that i'm trying to get away from by running (laughs) you know but it made me feel good that somebody could be vulnerable and could open up like they they did in this podcast and we can genuinely all talk about these things together and still have a laugh and you're right about the vulnerability being something it's like graham's song at the begin uh, earlier on in the show where he talks about the things that he was hurt by and that saddened him by losing people through um through through whatever just through death basically and being able to turn that around and make that a positive and i genuinely think that these vulnerabilities and these panic attacks and these anxieties and that's what i said in the email back to this person is that that's a real compass if you're anxious or you or you are depressed or you are uh, having panic attacks as i i don't know i can't even remember if i've talked about them before but i i had i've had panic attacks like very recently and there've been serious struggles in in my life but to me i now know that those things that's a compass you know when you are down or where you are, to, to not get, to not beat yourself up about that, rather embrace it and kind of go, oh, this is telling me that something's not right here. So let me assess. Let me see what else is going on here. You know? I think that's, is that cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy? I don't know. But that's the way I try to think. And a man told me that years ago, before I moved to London, we're talking like six, seven years ago, and he talked about, you know, I would talk about losing my temper or getting depressed or blah, blah. And he always, he never saw those things as a negative. He would just say, oh, that's a compass. That's that's telling you something's up there. So try to find the root of that anger or try to find the root of that panic attack. And running's really helped me with that. But by by being vulnerable about our failings or or anxieties and all that kind of stuff, I genuinely think that we should treat that as a compass. Because... Those negative experiences are signposts 
to a, a right way of going or to a better path. And Graham very clearly is 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 having that in his song, I Am. He's really celebrating. He's really celebrating life, but also the, the, it comes from a place of difficult difficulties, pain, and how that can help you to appreciate, to kind of be thankful or, you know, to turn towards the beautiful things in the world. Anyway, that's my thought for the day. And the listener already knows that I'm very thankful for the email. And I'm thankful to all of you guys for listening on today's show. I hope you enjoyed. I'm delighted that I will be having talking to some of you, some of you patrons on Friday. We're back for the second show of this week. I'm genuinely excited to start making the Patreon stuff. So that's all we have time for this week on the podcast. But what I want to say, a big, massive thank you to all the people that were involved in this show this week. A big shout out to Una and Hamburg again. Thank you so much for the new design to the show. I'm sure all you guys love it. Big shout out to my man. Research this week was done by Leon Vaughn on the front porch in sunny downtown Sumter, South Carolina. Thanks as ever, Leon. Shout out to Graham Sweeney. Go check out his new single on Spotify. The new album is coming soon. Thanks as always to Jenna. Oh my God, she's going to be back soon. Thank God for that. And shout out to Nick DeMaio and all the guys down at Token for all the work that they're doing to make fun dinners for us. I hope I can make this Spice Diploma happen. We'll be back next week for all you patrons. See you on Friday. If you want to sign up, become a patron, just sign up on the link in the description to the show. (laughs) I look forward to seeing you then. Let's get to 100 patrons. We can do it. Thanks so much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit 
yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.